Major League Baseball. This is the Nosebleeds Podcast on WFUV Sports. Welcome to Nosebleeds, a production of WFUV Sports. How's it going, everybody? I'm Will Talent, joined by Brendan Shorey and Merrick Rhodes. A lighter Nosebleeds episode today, but some pretty big baseball going on, league championship series going on in both the NL and the AL. That We have the Texas League Series going on between the Rangers and the Astros Series there. 2-1, I almost said Texas, that would have been bad. <laughs> 2-1 Rangers. And we have the Phils and the Diamondbacks. The Phillies really whipping up on the Diamondbacks. They are a pretty seasoned postseason team, if I would say so myself. But without further ado, how is everyone doing today? I I mean I'm doing pretty good. I mean there's there's no complaints when when <clears throat> when baseball's in this this time of year when you're in the championship series. I mean one one battle's looking a little bit tougher than the other. I mean I mean the Rangers and the Astros. The Astros making it interesting last night. I mean kind of a do or die game for them. But obviously we're gonna talk about that. And then on the other side, the Phillies just kind of kind of running away with it a little bit. I mean, similar position for the Diamondbacks tonight than that the Astros were in last night where they where they kind of got to win or else they're they're looking to do what only one team's ever done in baseball. Yeah, I mean, no complaints ever here. It's uh it's always a good time when your team's in the playoffs. Um and I mean, midterms haven't yet hit, so still got a full full weekend to kind of prepare myself for that. So that's that's tomorrow means problem. You're but a lucky guy. I am, You're yeah. a lucky guy. I've had 3 in the last two days. Well, that's that's my next week. There you go. All yeah. right. So you get this week with your Rangers. You're a Rangers fan, right? Yes. Brendan Shorey from yes. Texas, the Lone Star State. So let's start right there then. Let's go right into it. Astros and the Rangers. Game four, or excuse me, game three yesterday. The Astros take it eight to five. Good game for the Astros. They needed it. They go to Arlington. They get a much needed win. If they go down 3-0, that series is looking Pretty much over, but the Astros, they claim a win on the road by a score of 8-5. to five. And Christian Javier, I want to start with him. This guy, I just feel like every year, every postseason, this guy has a start that is super meaningful for the Astros. I think he had a few last year. He had a really good start in the World Series, a, a huge start against the Yankees in the Championship Series, and... He was great in the regular season in 2022, not so much this year, but this is just a kind of guy that the Astros need to have, a guy with um, postseason experience, and not just postseason experience, but success at winning not just a game, but must-win games. Yeah, and he pitches kind of lights out when he does. I mean, he he no-hit the Rangers through a little over four innings last night before we were actually able to hop on Javier and get a couple runs off of him. And we saw him do the same thing against the Phillies in the World Series last year where he, he no-hit the Phillies through five. I mean, this guy has come into big spots over and over again in the playoffs and has just shown how he can be a dominant player in those playoffs. Yeah, I mean, Christian Javier, I know going into last night, I think dating back to last year's playoffs, leading back to last year's ALCS, um, he hadn't given up an earned run in like 18 innings or something mm, like that. Mm-hmm. 
and he uh, he had a no hitter going for a little while in this one. He was he was looking lights out. I mean, he just seems like one of those guys that that when the postseason rolls around, he's just he's just ready to ramp it up. And I mean, he's just. He's just one of those guys. I mean, he can he those type of pitchers when when they can really dial it in the postseason. I mean, we've seen people kind of talk about Verlander on the opposite side of things when it comes to the World Series and some of his blunders. But but when you can have a guy in your rotation that that can really lock in when the when the playoffs are coming around and you have a lineup like the Astros do, they they're a dangerous squad. And I mean, you saw it last night. The Rangers can't the Rangers can't slow down or else the Astros will be right back in it. And if they win tonight, I mean it's it's even series and it's it's home field's back in the Astros' favor. Christian Javier always just seems like a major X factor for any Houston postseason run that they've gone on over the last few years. But let's switch sides to the other side of the ball. And Max Scherzer made his return to the mound for the first time since going down with that Terrace Major strain. Put him on the IL in, I believe that was August. <clears throat> Big deadline acquisition for the Texas Rangers, and they could not utilize him, but they slugged their way to the championship series, and now they can use their big trade deadline acquisition in Max Scherzer. But yesterday did not look incredibly great first time out. I know he was thrown live off the mound at Camden Yards in the division series against hitters to get him ready for this point, but... Right now, I don't know. He looked a little shaky. Went four innings pitched, five hits, five earned runs, four strikeouts, and one walk. That is not going to get it done. Five runs in the postseason, especially against the Astros, that's just really, that's not going to do it. The Rangers, they made it a little fun, though. They made it interesting towards the end, but how important is it for Max Scherzer to get back on track? Because he, he probably only has one start if the Rangers can push that far. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be huge to get a third starter you can really rely on. Yep. Like the Rangers, you have Jordan Montgomery, who's pitched lights out in the postseason this year. You have Nate Valdi, who's pitched really well in the postseason this year. And if you can get Scherzer to pitch at that same level to be a third option that can go out and almost guarantee you a win, that's going to be huge because then you take your top three pitchers who have been pitching, if, if Scherzer can fix this, are pitching amazing, giving up maybe one or two runs in a game. That's a huge difference maker, especially in the postseason. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think I think each of these each a lot of these playoff teams have like their three pitchers they want to go to and I think the Phillies are kind of an encapsulation of how when those three starting pitchers are on, how good it can be for your roster. I mean, they have Ranger Suarez, they have Zach Wheeler, they have Aaron Nola, and on the Astros side, they have Javier Valdez and Verlander. It's just that Valdez has been really struggling in this playoffs, especially with his last outing against the Rangers. Mm-hmm. Um, but when if you can, on the Rangers side, get Scherzer going, I mean, this game kind of reminded me a little bit of um, the Garrett Cole start in the wild card against the Red Sox, where he probably was still dealing with a little bit of... of discomfort with his injury where I know the manager was saying I don't I don't know how he was pitching when he was throwing a live hitters like you mentioned but but if he can really start to feel better for his next start and and maybe uh maybe go a little longer give up a little less runs obviously shot himself in the foot with that wild pitch early on but if he can get right I think that could be huge for them and I think whenever you could have a three-man rotation in the playoffs that can really just be lights out then then it can really help this Rangers squad that really that's really been the formula for postseason pitching over I would say the last 20 years or so maybe even more having a big three in your rotation and they don't have to be all-stars right Jordan Montgomery is not an all-star but he's a pretty damn good postseason pitcher and tying him in with Nathan Eovaldi who had a good regular season who had 
he probably will still get Cy Young votes. I think he was a- ahead of Cole at some point before he went down with an injury. Um, also, a guy that just has a ton of experience, not pitching, but succeeding in the postseason with those Red Sox teams uh, a few years back, won a World Series with them. You add Max Scherzer to that, that would make them so much better. But you look at all these teams, Ranger, Ranger Suarez, Wheeler, and Aaron Nola for the Phillies. Um, where, this is where the Diamondbacks lock a little bit. They have Merrill Kelly and they have Zach Gallen, and that's about it. You know, So all of these teams, with the exception of the Diamondbacks, they have three-man rotations that will get them a win in this series. That, that's what's going to make this World Series very exciting for whoever ends up winning. Um, but it, it does take three starting pitchers, usually, to get through and succeed in a postseason run. And not just starting pitchers, but good starting pitchers. And uh, let's talk about those good starting pitchers and what they've done to the Astros' offense over the first three games. Yesterday, they win 8-5, to five, but this Astros offense in Houston looked awful, in my opinion. I it thought did. they looked awful. I, well, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. They're, that first game, you throw up a dud at home at Minute Maid. You throw up a dud? 2 nothing. Um, uh, that's just... Verlander pitched that game. Gave up two runs. They can't score. I, I'm like talking like I'm the Yankees right now. 5-4 on Monday the 16th. Evaldi, he shoved though. So uh, this, and, and Valdez was just not great. Two and two-thirds, seven hits, five runs, four of those earned. So this Astros offense, if they want any chance at beating the Rangers, because this is what the Rangers have done, right, this whole postseason. It's just hit their way into each round. That's what That's what the Astros need to get back to right now. The Rangers... If they continue to keep slugging, I know they lost yesterday, but the way they came back, they keep hitting the ball, they keep swinging the bats like they do, this is going to be a tough exit in any round for the Texas Rangers, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, going back to that that Astros offense, if you look at the big difference between games one and two in Houston and game three in, in Dallas, games one and two, their offense was Jordan Alvarez. Yep. He was the only player producing. And then if you go back and look at last night, you have... Martin Maldonado with a big um, two-run single. You have Jordan still getting on base, but you have Kyle Tucker walking three times getting on base. You have Altuve with two hits, one of them being a home run. So you have other guys producing, which is what has been the key to this team being so good the past 10, 5, 10 years, which we just didn't see in the first two games. And I think if the Rangers can, can limit that, I mean, Altuve and Tucker combined in the first two games went 0 for 8. Those are two of their best hitters, and if you can do not even just not even just zero for eight, but if you can get limit them to like batting two for eight combined, yeah, that's going to be huge for the Rangers pitching to limit some of the better Astros hitters to to being less productive, scoring less runs, and that's the key to winning this series. Yeah, like you said about Jordan Alvarez, like obviously in Game Two, giving up giving up two home runs to him is 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 obviously not ideal, but. But when he's the guy that's scored, I believe it's like 21 out of 28 of the. He's either hit it, he's either hidden or scored himself the, those runs 21 out of 25 times, 28 times or something like that for the Astros this postseason. When you can shut down the other guys, that's that's really what it comes down to. And I think the biggest thing for the Rangers is to have this starting pitching go as long as they can because. Their bullpen is not nearly as strong as the Astros' bullpen. I mean, the Astros' bullpen has been pretty shut down this postseason, aside from from a couple guys. But um, I think that if you can if you can limit the Astros' lineup, like you were saying, outside of Jordan, when you can hold Altuve, and I mean, 
Tucker's had a tough postseason. I, I know he's been struggling, so if you could keep him from getting on base like they did last night and you can keep him out of the equation, it's really going to help your team. And, I mean, you can't be giving up runs. You can't be giving up hits, big hits to Martin Maldonado who's hitting two twenty two in the postseason and is a defensive catcher. You just can't be doing that. So I think it, for the Rangers it comes down to starting pitching and, and getting length from the starting pitching. And I think on the Astros side of things to, to combat that, they just got to get more guys get more guys going outside of Jordan. Yeah, th- those are great, great points there, guys. Couldn't have said it any better. For both of them, the Rangers, they they really have a big game coming up. They're up 2-1. However, a lefty throwing the ball in Game 4 for the Rangers in Andrew Heaney. I'm not saying he's going to do what Jordan Montgomery did in Game 1, but just having another lefty to face against Jordan Alvarez and Kyle Tucker. If the Rangers can shut both of them down, and obviously that's not all that the Astros have, but those are probably their two best power bats on the left side of the of the plate there. You throw Andrew Heaney in there, he gives you 5-6. You know, want to look for a little more length. A seven-inning start from a Texas Rangers starting pitcher in this series would be huge for them in general. For If they're going on a World Series run, they need... A seven-inning start, eight-inning start. Save this bullpen a little bit. They really need to do that. They're going to need to save these arms. So, Andrew Heaney, big spot. Can't believe it, the Heen dog. <laughs> Unbelievable. But he he's in a big spot um, today against the Astros. Game four, Jose Urquidy on the mound for the Astros. This is an exciting series. I'm excited to watch this game. Um, Got to shut down Jordan and Kyle Tucker. The lefty on the mound, the Rangers, they need to they need to pitch more. They need they need to pitch more. They need to have their starter out there throwing some more innings. And that offense needs to continue to stay consistent and we'll have ourselves a really good series. But let's switch gears. Let's talk about the National League Championship series now. Philadelphia Phillies and the Arizona Diamondbacks. Gotta give a lot of credit to the Arizona Diamondbacks. Let's just start there. A team that won eighty four games. My opinion, they were not ready for the postseason just yet. Wait until next year. This team is going to be very good in the next few years. But they're in the championship series now, so good for them. They just don't look ready. I think the Phillies have um, just overmatched them, not talent-wise, just postseason-wise. They just they know how to play in these in this atmosphere. Arizona really, really looked like they struggled with that sea of red that they got going on in Philly. Ten nothing in game two. Initial thoughts, guys. That was I. I'm still kind of speechless that they put up a dud and got smoked that bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's the first time that the Diamondbacks as a franchise have been shut out in the playoffs since like is, oh, since like like a long time, long ago, time but ago. Then, yeah. But then again, they haven't made the playoffs a ton. But I mean, I, I didn't even end up watching this whole game because I think by the time that that no, that, the, that that sixth <laughs> inning rally came and they were even up six nothing, I. I the way that the Phillies have been utilizing their bullpen and their starting pitching has just been like all near perfect this postseason. I mean, they've gone from from either Nola or Wheeler or Ranger for six six seven innings, and then they pass it right off to guys like Jose Alvarado, Sir Anthony Dominguez, and uh, obviously Kimbrel to shut it down. But I mean, that game the other day, I mean, uh, there's there's really not much you can do if you're the Diamondbacks when. When the Phillies go up that early, I mean, I, all they were doing was hitting home runs to start the game. I know it was like 
this might have been the other game, honestly, but but I mean the Phillies just this whole series have been hitting home runs. It seems like yeah. Schorber, oh my god, Schorber hit two the other night. I mean Trey Turner hit one the other night. Bryce hit one in game one. Castellanos hit one in game one. Schorber also hit one in game one. I mean, it just seems like the 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 Diamondbacks have done nothing to stop this Phillies team from just slugging all over them. Obviously, put up more of a fight in game one. But it seems like this Phillies team is looking very similar to that team of last year, where they just kind of seem like they're they're just destined to make the World Series. It's it's just I mean it is what it is. They're up two zero. I mean big game for the Diamondbacks, but but the Phillies look really good this series, and I mean they've looked good all postseason. Yeah, I mean this is Red October. This this <laughs> Phillies team October. this Phillies team is a scary team. You look at some of these guys in this lineup, like like Trey Turner. He's batting five hundred in the postseason. Guys like Bryce Harper. Nick Castellanos, Kyle Schwarber, these guys are just hitting nuke after nuke. Like, this team top to bottom is so scary to face offensively. And then you throw in the pitching that has been so good this postseason. It's just, they are a team you don't want to play. You saw that We saw them, I mean, completely obliterate the Braves. I mean, the over 100-win Braves who have the NL MVP, like, the Phillies completely owned the Braves in that series. They're such a scary team right now. I just would not want to face them, and I I honestly feel bad for the Diamondbacks. <laughs> yeah, they, they had such a fun season, you know, but kind of like the Orioles, both of those teams, they'll be back. So, you know, there's a lot of teams, I feel like, this year in this postseason. I, I think the Rangers are included. There's a lot of teams that made the playoffs for the first time in however many years, but they're going to be back because of how they're constructed, for sure. A lot of the teams that made the playoffs this year, I have that, I have that feeling for but the Phillies, yes, they they are taking the modern philosophy. Same with the Rangers in, in some extent. That's why I think that World Series would be really cool. Rangers, Phillies, man, three top dogs on both in both rotations and just two of the best offenses that you can have. But well, let's not jump the gun. The Phillies, they they like I said, they are adhering to the modern philosophy of just slugging your way to wherever you need to be. And it's working. You know, to me, it's not the most ideal way to construct a roster, but Dave Dombrowski, he obviously knows a lot more than me and he is doing what he does and getting his team hopefully to another World Series. I I just don't see a way the Diamondbacks can come back, unfortunately. I I really don't. I think that was kind of like their nail in the coffin. This is also a very young team, too. The Diamondbacks are very young. So... Uh, you know, I don't really have a whole lot to say on the D-backs. You know, Zach Allen, he was all right. Merrill Kelly, once again, kind of just all right. And their bullpen was really, really bad. Merrill Kelly, he gave up four runs, right? Five and two-thirds. That's not a horrible start. You know, you could expect your offense to try to keep pace with that. But it, it's just tough when your bullpen then gives up almost double the amount of runs that you give up. So the Phillies, I... I, I I strongly believe that they will slug their way to this World Series, and they will wait for the winner. They will have an advantage going into the World Series. They will have to wait for the winner of the Diamondbacks and the, uh, excuse me, the Rangers and the Astros, because that series is going to go a little ways. One thing I, I saw that really actually impressed me, it caught, it caught my eye from the Diamondbacks, Cattell Marte is having a great postseason. He's batting over 360 right now. He's getting on base... 37.5% of the time. His OPS is over one. 17 hits in 47 at-bats. He's got three home runs, six RBIs. Really helped the Diamondbacks get to where they're at. It's probably not going to matter a whole lot at this point, but 
I got to give a lot of credit to Cattell Marte. I, I mean, a veteran presence. He's been around for a little bit now. Really great to see him get going and just kind of steer this ship for the Diamondbacks this postseason. Yeah, and I mean, I think I think the the Diamondbacks' offense needs needs some credit because this ha- this hasn't really been their problem. I mean, I mean, offensively they have struggled a bit in this series, but but not really anything out of hand. I mean, game one, Perdomo really gets the offense going with a two run homer. But I mean, across the board, I mean, Corbin Carroll also having a great postseason. But I think it really just comes down to that pitching, like you mentioned. I mean. When you have when you have Gallon and and Kelly kind of struggling, they're they're who you rely on to, yeah. to keep your team in it. And then the Diamondbacks bullpen, outside of Seawald, who's who's been very good, ha- hasn't really impressed. I don't think even in the regular season they were they were too great. But I think when you have that formula, it, it sets you up for failure in the playoffs. Obviously, they've been able to combat it, making it to the championship series. But I think that they're short. They're sort of co- finally seeing this reach its breaking point and when you have a lineup like the Phillies and you have a struggling bullpen and 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 a, and a below I wouldn't say below average bullpen but not on the on par with the rest of the bullpens in this postseason I think you're bound to eventually see this where where they just kind of reach a breaking point and they they match a lineup that that gives them trouble and I mean last night give them trouble might have been an understatement for for what the Phillies did to the D-backs bullpen and I think I think that's really what's what's ultimately going to be the demise of this Diamondbacks team because offensively they have not been they have not been too bad. I I, I know uh, there are some guys you'd like to see more out of, but but at the top, Cattell Marte, like you mentioned, Corbin Carroll, Moreno, they've all been having pretty good postseasons. I think it just comes down to the pitching for the Diamondbacks, and it's, it just hasn't been there. Yeah, and I, I like the point you made about the bullpens, Merrick. These this Diamondbacks bullpen has not been pitching particularly well, and if you look at the other three teams. In the championship series, you got the Phillies. Their bullpen is pitching amazing. The Astros, their bullpen in the playoffs has been historically good. The Rangers, their bullpen was awful in the regular season. They've stepped it up in the playoffs and they've been pitching good. I mean, that's the key to these three teams being where they are is the pitching, and it's the combination of either the starting pitching going deep into games and using less bullpen, or the pitching going five, six innings and the bullpen coming in and being lights out. And that's what the Diamondbacks just haven't been able to do. See, everything you guys are pointing out, I love it because it's all the little things in the MLB postseason that a team that wants to win the World Series, they need to execute. They need to execute all four things you just said right there, Brendan. And two of the things that you said as well, Merrick. If they don't execute that, then they're not going to be able to win the World Series. Bullpen is completely vital to at least having a shot at winning a game in the postseason let alone going all the way to the World Series. So the Diamondbacks, you know, Joe Mantiply, former Yank, all-star in 2022, he did make an appearance. Um, he was great in 2022, but not so much this year. And that that, that hurts the D-backs because they didn't have a great bullpen to begin with. As you said, Merrick, Paul Sewell been a great acquisition for them um, since coming over in July. But yes, their bullpen is, is definitely what is going to hurt them, especially if Gallon... And Merrill Kelly have are struggling on their own. It's going to make this a very tough series for the Diamondbacks if it already isn't a tough series. But um, that's going to wrap up the league championship talk. I mean, I guess you know what? Let's let's say a prediction real quick. Where where do we see both of these series going, Brendan? We'll start with you. I mean, I'm obviously going to take the Rangers for sure. Um, not going to say I'm not worried, but I think they can pull it out. Um, I mean, they're still up two one. Got two more games at home. They can do this. And I'm taking the Phillies. I mean, I just don't see any world in which the Diamondbacks come back 
I can see them maybe stealing a game max. Phillies in in five at the very most, but I got Rangers Phillies. Yeah, I mean, as far as the Phillies go, I think they're they're an easy pick. I, I think, like you said, the Diamondbacks could steal a game, and if it were to be a game, I think it'd be tomorrow when when supposedly Ty, I believe Tywon Walker is supposed to be pitching for the Phillies. I think that's a game where the Diamondbacks could kind of attack him early, mitigate how much the Phillies bullpen can can play a role in the game, and they can get a game out of there. But I think it's going to be the Phillies out of the NL, and. I hate to say it, but I think it's going to be the Astros. Mm. I think the Astros are going to take. I think that I, I hate to say it, but I think that the Astros are going to take the game tonight, and then I think that they have home field advantage at that point. And and this Astros team, if there's anything I've learned from this Astros team, no matter what they look like, they're still the Astros, and they're still going to make their their best effort to get to the World Series. I mean, this year a lot of people thought. I mean, the past couple of years, I feel like people have been saying, oh, it's not the same Astros team. It's not the same Astros team as they used to be. And then they won the World Series last year, and they go to the ALCS every single year. I mean, I just – I don't know if Texas has – or I guess the Rangers, I should specify. Um, I don't know if they have enough right now. I mean, I mean, I don't think that it's out of the realm of possibility that they win this series. I think this one's a much tighter series. I, I think you could be correct in, in picking either way. But, but I just think the Astros are kind of – something else and I think that if they win tonight I think they win the series yeah I'm gonna go Phillies Astros as well sorry Brendan I love what the Rangers are doing though they're they they've been a lot of fun to watch in the postseason in general I this is gonna go seven games though I think this is not gonna end and like you know this is this this series has a lot going for it right now I think the Phillies will just completely flatten the Diamondbacks I'm sorry D-backs their their season is going to come to an end I, I even in Arizona I, I don't really know how much the the uh, home field advantage for Arizona is really going to fare for them right now I, they've been kind of gut punched big time by Philly so it's kind of everybody pretty much this postseason has but I'm really really intrigued to watch the ending of Houston and Texas that series is just that, that it's been so much fun it's it's lived up to the expectations so far hopefully it can continue to do that but before we wrap up that that's going to wrap up our playoff talk let's talk about the gold glove finalists before we head out for today NL and AL they were announced yesterday we'll start locally the Mets and Yankees combined three finalists could have two win maybe three winners actually we they all three of them chance to win don't know Anthony Volpe, Anthony Rizzo, first baseman Anthony Rizzo, and shortstop Anthony Volpe. They are one of three finalists at both of their positions and Francisco Lindor for shortstop in the National League. So I know Lindor's an incredible fielder. I I could see him taking this award because this season, to him, it's been very underrated, I think, in the eyes of a lot of people in Major League Baseball. I think this guy should have started the All-Star game. I think he there his season was just great despite how bad the Mets season was. And it's going completely um it's getting completely undershadowed. Um it's it's unbelievable. He Francisco Lindor has, was a lot of fun to watch this year, but the Mets were not. So it it hurts him a little bit. Who are the other finalists? Why are they uh, not showing Swanson up? Swanson and Tovar. Dansby Swanson and Ezekiel. Oh, Tovar. Ezekiel Tovar from the uh Rockies. Rockies yeah. Mm. Okay. I didn't realize this, but this is if Lindor were to win this, this would be his first gold glove as a New York Met. And I think that would kind of kind of cap all. I feel like the thing about guys like Lindor is when they sign those huge uh, contracts like he did, a lot of people will find a way no matter what to say it was a bad contract or this and that. But I think Lindor's done a great job since coming to New York of, of 
continuing his success and being the guy that they wanted him to be and giving him that contract. And, I mean, this year could walk away with a gold glove first time as a Met, and I think that would really kind of cap off a, the year on a positive note in a year that has been so negative for the Mets, but kind of kind of consistent with the message, Francisco Lindor being the bright spot, cap it off with a gold glove would be a nice way to end it. And on the Yankee side, I mean, I don't know how Rizzo's going to win it. I feel like he missed most he of the year. Two it's it, right? it's going to be so, it's going to be tough mm-hmm. for him to win that. But I I think Volpe's got a I think Volpe's also got a strong chance, similar to Lindor. Volpe's got a shot. I think they both have a strong chance to win at the shortstop position. Yeah, I think I think Lindor's. I mean, if I were picking, I'd pick Lindor. Honestly, he didn't have the the best season offensively, just batting a little over two fifty. But he's always been a great defensive player, and he really showed that this year. Merrick, you said it, it'd be a good. The best way you could end the Mets season, um, awful season, but if you if you can end it with an award, like when your player's getting an award like this, it kind of gives you something to look forward to in the next season. The Yankees, though, I'm not sure either of them will win it, honestly. I, I don't think Volpe's going to win it. I think I think Correa's taking that shortstop. As much as I hate to say Seager won't get it, I think Correa's going to take it. He's just out, outstanding defensively. And then first base is kind of up for grabs. But you guys said it. Rizzo missed two months of the season. I just yeah. don't think you can win it after that. I, I yeah, I, I agree. I was having this conversation with a couple of my friends yesterday. <clears throat> I, I just don't see it happening. I, I really don't. He was great, or you know, he had an okay season. There was a lot going on with the Yankees. We're not going to get into the season, but defensively, Anthony Rizzo is always very solid. I just think missing two months. Uh, I don't think his fielding percentage and the amount of errors that or assists he could have racked up anything that could help this award. I don't know if he could have accumulated enough to win this award, but it's nice to see the nomination. Well, you were just saying too, Brendan, when you have terrible seasons, if you can squeeze out awards, that's great. The Yankees might get three, which is with the season that they had, we'll take that. Cole at the Cy Young, the judge might still win a silver slugger despite missing so much time. Still finished like six or seven yeah. in home runs. In home runs, runs. yeah. yeah. Like barely played over 100 games, too. So, you know, we'll see that. Um, what did I say? Cole, Judge, and Volpe. I, I think Volpe might have a chance at this award. I think Correa, no knock on Seager, is the only competition for this award right now. Seager would be, the, would be a first-time winner, uh, as would Volpe. But I think... It will be between Volpe and Correa who gets it. And the reason I'm emphasizing this so much is because it's Anthony Volpe has been, you know, if you want to say he hasn't lived up to the hype, this and that, I think his rookie season was very fair. In my, we're going to talk local teams for a little bit now. I think Anthony Volpe's season, his rookie season, was not terrible. Like, I, you know, maybe not number 10, top 10 prospect great, but 2020. At 22 years old and possibly a gold glove, he led the American League in defensive runs saved, by the way. I think that's he could get it there. However, he was second behind Baez in errors. So I don't really know how that's going to affect him. You lead the league in defensive runs saved. That's pretty much like what they use to measure this award, right? And But errors as well. He was second. So I, I don't know. Could be Correa. Could be Volpe. I don't know if it's going to be Seager, but... I'll say this for Volpe. I mean, you said the errors, which is true, but I personally, I mean, I I, I kind of tailed off with how much I was super locked in on the Yankees at the end of the season. But I yeah. know, I know a lot of errors for Volpe came earlier in the year where he was still kind of figuring things out. I know he really struggled early in the year. That's why people were calling for him to be sent down at some point in in June, July. People were saying, "Hey, we should probably send this kid down, figure out defensive, offensive." 
But not only does he is he tied for the lead and defensive run save, he's the only one nominated that has a positive outs above average. I mean, Seager mm. and Correa both negative outs above average. So, I mean, he's got that going for him too. I think the errors thing is, is like you said, it, it is going to be tough for Volpe with having all those errors. But, but I mean, it depends on how you look at it. If, if you look at it as he's a rookie, he came out, he struggled, and, and kind of turned it around as the year went on, that, that's one way to look at it. But I, I think... It's going to be tough. It's going to be an uphill battle for him, but I, I definitely don't think it's going to be the last time we see Anthony Volpe nominated for a gold glove. Oh, I totally agree with that. He's only 22 years old. Uh, you know, Correa, he has a gold glove, so they mm-hmm. could lean that way. He also has a platinum glove, too. So maybe give it to the guy who's already won. When you have a conversation like that where it's like, all right, this guy leads in a category that's really important, but he's also almost nearly at the top in a category that's also very important but not for the same reasons so yeah uh another topic for the gold gloves and then we'll have to get out of here is nolan arenado 10 straight gold gloves not gonna happen this year not gonna happen this year i think that's a true testament to how bad the cardinal season was overall obviously it wasn't all him you know he had a fine season not the best nolan arenado season but 26 home runs 93 rbis you know uh, that that's great. We'll take that, you know. But I think him not being a nominee for this award it really speaks to how much of a dumpster fire the Cardinals were this year, in my opinion. Yeah, you wanna you wanna hear who the who the last National League third baseman not named Nolan Arenado oh, wait, to let me win guess. not to win the to win the gold glove. To win the gold glove not named Arenado, the last guess. one. Let me guess. All right, so it had to be twenty twelve because yeah. Arenado's been in the league for a minute. Oh my God! National League, obviously, right? Aramis yep. Ramirez. No. Oh man, Do you have a guess? I I don't honestly. The only the only the only one I could really think of. I don't think he was a great, an amazing fielder. David Freeze. No, it was Chase Headley oh, back in 2012 man. for the Chase Padres Headley. when he finished fifth in MVP voting wow. and won a Gold Glove and Silver Slugger. The one hit wow. wonder, Chase Headley. That was his one uh one year. That was yep. his one hit wonder yep. year. <laughs> Wow, and then he came to the Yankees. Big moments for the Yanks, though, against the Astros <laughs> in 2017. Chase Headley, wow. Did not expect that one, to be honest with you. It it, it, it makes sense it now makes because sense, he but... was really good that year. Um, but then that was it for him. Arenado has won the Cold Club every year since then. That is That's so crazy, unbelievable, crazy man. He's got six platinum gloves, too. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, you know, I feel like we... We kind of, I at least me, I've taken this for granted because I look at some of the great fielders. We 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 saw Brooks Robinson pass away earlier, yeah, uh, f- uh, like a month ago now. A guy that Nolan Arenado compares to in the way that he fields the baseball, and um, he is probably not going to catch Brooks Robinson in Gold Gloves. I, they didn't have platinum gloves then, but Gold Gloves. However, this is our generation's probably one of our best fielders, so to say. He's going to go down as probably the second best defensive third baseman of all time behind Brooks Robinson. I think that is really, it's been really, really fun to watch his career. Even though he's not a finalist and that's what we've been talking about, Nolan Arenado has had such a fun career. I can't believe this streak has come to an end. Yeah, it's it's kind of unbelievable when you think about it. it. It's one of those things where it's it's kind of just something you expect and it, when it doesn't happen it's always it's always kind of jarring it's like it's almost like when a player retires and and the year comes around and it's like it's like wait a second they're actually not out there and it's it's obviously similar honestly on the other side of what i was saying with the mets where this is kind of a positive thing to cap off their season i think this is kind of a 
a culmination of what the what the Cardinal season was this year because definitely because you th- you expect every year Arenado is going to be the Gold Glover and and he wasn't this year and you mm-hmm. expect the Cardinals to compete for the playoffs every year and they just absolutely did not this year and I think I think it just kind of encapsulates what what this year was like for for the St Louis Cardinals. Yeah, I mean it's I mean you already have a bad season as the Cardinals then you end on one thing you you think would be a guarantee is is Arenado winning that Gold Glove and it's like. No, he's he's not even a finalist. It's like it almost makes your season a little bit worse, and it, it starts your it starts your next year off on a, a really bad foot. And there's there's really nothing after this. There's really not much the Cardinals have to build off of for next year. I mean, yeah, you, Goldschmidt, Contreras, and Arenado. Yeah, and <clears throat> all aging as well. I feel like their roster of stars are are aging. Yeah, they really they really are. Um, Brian Hayes, Ryan McMahon, Austin Riley, the three finalists. Uh, very interesting that one of them has taken the place of Arenado, and that's Brian Hayes, in my opinion. Great young defensive third baseman. Could see a few gold gloves out of him in his career. So we'll see. It's very interesting. We're seeing Major League Baseball shake up a little bit um, as time goes on. But that is going to do it. Postseason baseball, league championship series, lots of fun. Astros and Rangers, Phillies and Diamondbacks. Gold Glove Award finalists came out. They will be announced probably at the conclusion of the World Series. But that will do it for Nosebleeds, a production of WFUV Sports. I'm Will Talent from Merrick Rhodes and Brendan Shorey. We'll see you in the next one.